Okay, guys, welcome back. We are on episode four. 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 This is well, episode five. This is hot topic number four. So we're on episode five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we have a spicy new topic tonight with some awesome guests. So stick around. Awesome guests. Thank you for joining us for Sundays, Sundays at seven. seven. That one was a little more tight. Usually we kind of sing. Hey everyone, I am super, well we, we, we are super, super excited about this week because we have some really awesome guests that, guests, we guests invited plural. one guest and he brought a wonderful <laughs> co-guest, co-guest, yes, and we had this prayer before and it was so awesome and I really think it's going to set the tone for our conversation, so thank you guest for doing that, um, so <laughs> last week we had the wonderful James Bush and we talked about suffering and, um, just how we go through that as Christians and especially during this time that we're living in in the world and if you haven't listened to that one please go listen to it because I feel like mm-hmm. it's a really good precursor for the conversation that we're going to have this week about spiritual warfare Ooh, spiritual <laughs> warfare and that this is like no joke this is intense stuff I know I shouldn't joke about it actually no <laughs> but I just feel like um this is another just pertinent thing right now in our culture so yep. Let's get to our guests because they're more important than me talking. So, everyone, please welcome Spencer, Spencer and, and Logan Hahn. <laughs> it's in the eyes. We look at each other yeah. and we can just know. We just know. We just know. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you for joining us. Yeah. yeah we're really um, honored to be on the podcast. Yeah, I'm excited. So. I wasn't planning on being on it, but here we are. I know. Logan walked in. I was like, <gasps> you have to be on it. She invited yeah. me. I brought her. She'll exactly. probably tag me for some time. She was like, she was like, like, no, 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 I don't want to be on. I don't want to be on. And we were like, no, you have to. <laughs> oh it's perfect. Um, so really quick, maybe tell us just a little bit about your life. What's going on? How things are going? Well, we just had a baby. Third mm-hmm. baby. Congrats. Um, three girls. Three girls. Yeah, we've had three, under three. children in three years. Wow. Whoa. Be fruitful, yeah. multiply. It's biblical. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's been a whirlwind. We just had her in September. Um, our girls are crazy and they kind of run our life right now. Yeah, we've got Campbell, who's three, Everett, who's one and a half, and then Gritton, who Those names are awesome. We're good. We live in Lexington. Um, I'm a pastor at a church there in town. Um, you know, we've been married five years, grew up in Winchester with mm-hmm. you all. So yes. Win City for the win. Win City. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Always for the win. Oh, man. I was at Austin the other day. We were hunting. I was like, Win City. What is it? Uh, y'all want none. Y'all want none. Um, that song. I was, and he's like, get out of here. So, it was, uh, it's always good. Like all the Winchester jokes just coming back. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, it's always good to come home. Mm-hmm. Come in. We have family here, so it's nice to visit. But um, very grateful that you all brought us here. And, to hang out with you guys and talk about just some important stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So um, let's just get right into it, shall we? Let's jump in. I'm ready. So this week's topic, like we said, is spiritual warfare. So we just kind of mm-hmm. wanted to start out by asking, what is spiritual warfare? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm, I did make a note on this. This is one thing that um, I did want to be more <laughs> specific on. And a lot of the stuff that I'm going to pull from probably tonight, if it's good at all, it's from a book that I actually read this year. Um, it's called Spiritual Warfare um, in the Storyline of Scripture. It's by William Cook and Chuck Lawless. They're two professors up at uh, Southern Seminary um, up there in Louisville. Um, Wait, you read this this year? Yes. How weird. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. So yeah. just some stuff that was going on 
it's interesting that you all, like I've never talked about this with anyone um, other than a couple people at work just because of stuff that we've experienced in our own life and stuff being a pastor. But um, so it's just pretty cool because um, William Cook in the first half of the part of the book talks about, goes through the whole Bible and mm-hmm. says like, you know, a lot of people don't talk about spiritual warfare, but it's throughout all the pages of scripture. So he goes and does more of a biblical um, landscape of what spiritual formation is. And the Chuck Wallace in the second half of the book takes more of a practical stance. Like that because we see what happens is the Bible, how does this affect us today? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to, the, the definition that I'm going to read for, like what I would say spiritual warfare is right out of their book. And it says this, that spiritual warfare is the ongoing battle between the church and the devil and his forces with the church standing in the armor of God, defensively resisting the devil and offensively proclaiming the gospel in a battle already won. And I really highlight battle already won. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three things that they point out is the battle is primarily between the devil and the church. Um, the second thing is that the battle is ongoing, though it is already and three, daily victory comes not by some magical or mystical approach to warfare, but by daily following in Christ. Um, and so, simply put, the spiritual warfare is a battle between Satan, the devil, our enemy, and us as followers mm-hmm. um, of Christ. Um, and like I said, you know, in the book, one of the things that they point out is it's been going on from the beginning of creation. Spiritual warfare happens in the most like idealistic situations like when you think you're good or when you think you're not above it um but you know when we would say hey like we're closest to god or like mm-hmm. we're we're not in situations where it feels like it he's like that's not the case because you, you're off guard yeah mm-hmm. or like yeah like and that is something to get into as well but he's like look at adam and eve like they are literally in the garden of eden mm-hmm. in the presence of god mm-hmm. and satan still comes and so they say like and it's successful yes mm-hmm. it is very successful mm-hmm. like Boom. And they have direct yeah. access to God and everything is perfect. And what they would say is like, hey, in the Garden of, uh, in the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, it was a, it just idealistic. Like, it was perfect. But yet, what they would say is, even now, Christ has defeated Satan already on the cross. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, Adam and Eve are living with God in the Garden, but now Christ is in us mm-hmm. and we are in Him, which for Satan, that's worse. Mm-hmm. So, if, mm-hmm. like, if Satan's going to attack him in the Garden, he's definitely going to be after you. So, I would say, you know, I already gave a definition of what I would kind of say, an academic um, definition of it. But what I would simply say is spiritual warfare is always happening to everyone still to this day. Um, Whether you're a believer, whether you're an unbeliever, um, I think Satan is always after you. If you're a non-believer, Satan's going to attack you in ways where you wouldn't even be uh, aware of it because he wants to keep you there, Mm -hmm. kind of numb and just... um, not even distracted. aware. He wants you to keep you just distracted. And then for us as believers, we have our, our guard up a little bit and we have more of an eye to see things. Um, and he wants to throw us off there too. So, But it, it is always to get our eyes off Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say, I, anytime I go anywhere or do anything, I say, you know, what we always need most is a clear I- image of Jesus. That is what any situation, whether it's 2020, which has been a horrible year, um, you know, what do we need most in 2020? Jesus mm-hmm. and more of him. And we need to see him more clearly. We need to follow him more fervently. We need to pray um, more constantly to him. We always need more of Jesus. So no matter what you're going through, we need more of Jesus. And so Satan's trying to prevent that. Um, but the way that you combat Satan is with truth. That is Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, he is he is a deceiver. 
and what he does is lie. So like when Adam and Eve were in the garden, and it, it's funny, one of the ways that he attacks us mostly is through a conversation or through questions. You know, it's he, he tempts us in different ways and everybody in different ways. But a lot of the time that's to question, you know, it's like, why well, I, I shouldn't do that or I shouldn't look at that or I shouldn't think that. And he and Satan's like, really? Like, it's just that once. Mm-hmm. Or it's not that bad. Or like, man, no one's going to find out. Or like, God loves you. It's okay. Gratify yourself. And so it, he, he, he tempts us with questions. And so like in the garden, Satan tempted Adam and Eve with a question. And it was to doubt if they could really trust that what God wanted for them was best. Mm-hmm. I think too, like when you're trying to figure out what is spiritual warfare, you some people might think, and I think a lot of Christians think that it's like big spiritual attacks, like very, you know, blatant things that you're struggling with, or like you might think, you know, in Haiti, like demons and things like that, but you don't think about the everyday spiritual attacks, mm-hmm. like what you're saying, the yeah. questions and inserting doubt and stuff like that. Like that is that's almost more of a dangerous warfare that mm-hmm. Satan is Because it's doing. much more subtle. It's very mm-hmm. subtle. Sneaky. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. can lull so many of us to sleep so easily on the day to day rather than just like sending crazy demons into your house, you know? And yeah. I think that's what we need to as a church, understand more so that you can protect yourself. Because that. most people think, when they think of spiritual warfare, they just think of demons, weird things happening in their house. You know, oh, I looked over there and someone was there, and then I looked and they were gone. Right, or like or, a ghost or something. Yeah. But that is more uncommon in the spiritual warfare realm than common. Although it is, I would also say more common than we give credit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to quote real quick. Yeah, share it. We love quotes. Uh, This is from uh, page 10 for anyone who buys the book. So it's talking about um, Satan's attack on Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, So he began, he attacked them through questions and conversation. And that's how I think he plagues most of us today. It says, but first, um, so Satan got her to minimize God's generosity. Um, I think that's one way that Satan does tempt us to think that God is not as good as he says he is. We can't trust him to really, Mm -hmm. especially like James said, and like, and listen, but I assume like amidst suffering, mm-hmm. that's the hardest to trust God is good. Mm-hmm. And so what Satan does, he goes, oh God, you know, he doesn't want you to be like him or he wouldn't have told you to eat from that. So he got, he got Eve to minimize God's generosity. The second thing is that she added to God's prohibition, the thought that they must not touch it. Um, and then the third thing was she weakened slightly the certainty of God's punishment if they ate of the fruit. God had said if they ate from the tree, they would certainly die Mm -hmm. eve said lest you die so what satan does is he gets us to minimize god's generosity and goodness towards us uh, to add to the things that he tells us to do or not to do and then to weaken the punishment for doing that or not doing that and so like for us you know like sin is not trusting god to really be as good and to love us and take care of us like the ultimate sin is it is missing the mark like that's like the greek you know the term for that is sin is missing the mark but ultimately what that is is not trusting that god knows best and what's best Mm -hmm. for you and that's Mm -hmm. what satan caused them to do in the garden was to not trust that god really does want what's best for you we're going to listen to that and so yeah (laughs) i I love spiritual warfare (laughs) according to the (laughs) I love what you said about it being 
like spiritual warfare is being waged upon us like day by day. Mm-hmm. And I, I talk about him a lot, but I like C.S. Lewis, okay? Y'all, y'all have a book? <laughs> you should, we have, if you want a quote, just start with I know. I have a book that has uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think eight of his books in one big book. So anyways, but if anyone knows C.S. Lewis, one of his most famous books is called The Screwtape Letters. And it's so it's about spiritual warfare, the schemes of the devil, basically. And it is so good, and it's basically two demons like corresponding with each other through a series of letters, and they're trying to take a human to the dark side, and it's mm-hmm. about how to do that. And th- there's a quote, I know that's exactly what you were saying, and of course it's very poetic because it's yes. C.S. Lewis, so it's kind of crazy, <laughs> but it says, Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turns, without mis- milestones, and without signposts. Yeah. And I feel like oftentimes we don't realize Christians aren't often aware of the enemy because mm-hmm. it's, it's a yeah. gradual thing and it's, and that's really scary. And I think when we need to know who our enemy is yeah. and that yeah. is, that is so important in spiritual warfare. So, yeah, I agree with that. And I, and what I'll say about that too, is that I also read the screw tape letters and it's funny when you, people will ask like, well, what is this book? And you tell them, or you'll even say like, oh, well you need to read this book called the screw tape letters. And they're like, what is it? And you say, well, it's about two demons. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, yeah. I'm not going to read it. Like that is, seems really scary. And <laughs> yes. I don't want to, you know, get involved with that. But, um, I read a, I don't know if you know Priscilla Shire. I read one of her Armor of God books. And one of the quotes I wanted to say was, um, spiritual victory is directly connected to your ability to undisguise the enemy, to uncover him, unveil him, unmask him. And that's only half the battle. But like you said, like we need to be aware of our enemy and we need to, you know, make him, we need to unmask him and kind of know who he is. That way we know how to combat the attacks that he has against us. I think too, part of the equation that has been, left out and I, I feel like this might be a, our generation I'm, I'm real hot on this topic right now so yes you know. <laughs> um but part of it is that we need to know who satan is and what his schemes and attacks look like but that comes from knowing who god is mm. and that's the biggest i think that's satan's biggest attack on us right now is getting us so distracted with social media or our jobs or our family or like COVID or all this craziness happening in the election and all these things. It's like he is wanting us to be distracted by all of this and not being in the word and not knowing, okay, even amidst all this craziness and chaos, God is still very stable, very Mm -hmm. much the same as he always has been. And I feel like the more you know God, the more it is easier to notice Satan and notice when he's trying to trip you up. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to know this is a sin issue that I have and I'm falling into that or I'm giving into temptation. But when we don't know God or we don't know his word like we should, you can't you can't fight Satan because you're not your eyes are looking somewhere else and not at very clear truth. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what deciphers, you know, what Satan's doing. So you, you, if you don't know the truth, you'll never know it's being distorted. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we're, I mean, right now we're living in such a crazy time. We're just in that world where we want information fast. We want a quick devotional five minutes in the word or five minutes on our app, checking something off. And then we wonder 
why we're unsatisfied in our relationship with God. We wonder why we're not content in our lives. We wonder why we feel discontent with God, all these things. And it's because we don't know him. We're not Mm -hmm. in the word. And so Satan is just distracting us, even with our own Christian tools. (laughs) He's Mm -hmm. just distracting us. So I feel like to fight spiritual warfare, you have to be in the word, Mm -hmm. like daily in the word, on your knees, begging God to make it more clear to you. No. Not to just like fight the devil once it happens, mm-hmm. but like, to prepare. You need to yeah. be All a creature of the word. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be devoted and dwelling in the word daily, so that arming arming yourself. God has given us a, a way to do that, and that is with His armor. But that's a daily thing. Like mm-hmm. every single day, you have to wake up and put the armor on. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going to wake up and God's just going to sling it on you. Yeah, like, it takes work from you. It does. Yes. We always say it's more than day by day. It's almost like moment by moment it is. of every day. It is. Yes. You know. I mean, you don't have to go seek things out nowadays. They're, Satan is seeking you out. The world, the world doesn't. If you'll buy it, you know, the world will sell it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this verse in James, uh, James four seven through eight. And it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. And I love that. But then I think what you said plays perfectly into the next part, which I feel like not a lot of people talk about, which is come close to God and he will come close to you. Like, I feel like a lot of times we read that first part Mm -hmm. and we say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's obviously that's great. But also the next part, come close to God and he will come close to you. Because the first part is great, but it leads to legalism without the second. And if you are just trying to not sin or trying to resist the devil or trying Mm -hmm. to whatever you're just it's just legalism it's not a relationship Mm -hmm. and coming to God is the relationship part and so Mm -hmm. and that's how you can sustain the devil's sin or um the devil's tactics is by being close to God you can't do it on your own strength Mm -hmm. and that is kind of to transition this a little bit I think one of the things to keep in mind in spiritual warfare is you know, we talked about more of the, the common daily things. You mm-hmm. can't, there are, there is a scary side to this. It's the uncomfortable side. It is the stuff that people don't like to talk about. It's weird. It's awkward. Um, I think the thing to keep in mind, though, is, and it's perfectly what you said, is like, as a believer covered by the blood, resurrection life in you, Satan can't touch you. He can attack you. He can distract you. He can cause fear. Like, Satan is more powerful than us, but he is not anywhere in the same ball game as God. And that is the thing to keep in mind. That is why you have to be grounded and rooted in truth. Like in spiritual warfare, we don't walk in under our own control, power, knowledge, intellect, abilities. We walk in covered by the blood of the cross. Like there is more the spirit living inside of us. There is there is more power in one drop of the blood of Jesus than anything in this world. Mm. Yeah, so amen. When you, when you when you go into spiritual warfare, when you confront or confront you, you have to remember that um, it's it's right here. So First John four four. You know the one who is the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Yes, that is. So like when you and and that's another. Th- can I keep transitioning? Yes, keep, please just do. keep going. Um, <laughs> We're go with the flow. I here. love it. So I have. I work with someone um, at the church, and he is. If anybody, he he would never say this, and I think it's dangerous to get into this. But like, if anybody was an expert or someone you would seek after biblical wisdom from um, on this subject, this is the guy. His name's Gary, um, and one of the things that. Gary always talks about in this is you, you have to go in obviously with truth um, in confronting 
you have to go in under the power of Jesus because things just get bad really quick. Um, you have to take into account in the darker side of things, demonic things, oppression. Um, there is authority that is in play. Um, and he told me a story one time um, where it was one of the worst kind of stories that he's ever encountered, um, but he was going through a freedom session with a young woman um, who had had some kind of weird stuff going on. And a freedom session is just taken from some curriculum by Neil Anderson. I don't know if you guys, mm-hmm. um, he, he wrote several books years ago. It's just kind of real, real famous and well known for um, that kind of um, stuff, dealing with darkness and stuff like that. Um, bondage breaker, stuff like that, overcoming sin, adversity, all that. Um, but he was talking to her, and um, a, a freedom session is basically, you know, last two to three hours, there's like 14 steps, and just working your way through your testimony, things, um, ways that you've maybe encountered um, some dark demon, demonic stuff. And I think that's something we can talk about later, is like how to, maybe how does that stuff latch onto you or how do you come into contact with it? But anyways, he was talking with her, and he, he realized as, during the conversation she just changed, like her voice changed and her posture. And he realized something was going on. Um, and long story short, um, he, he could tell that she was, she had a demon speaking through her. And so the one of the things that he pointed out to me was first, if you ever encounter that, you have to find out who's in charge. Like what demon is in charge? Because there's multiple. There's always multiple. But there's one guy running it always. And so you have to address the, the head demon head on. And so he looked at him. Or he looked at her, but it was the demon talking through her. And he said, who am I talking to? Um, and the demon, the demon said his name. And he said, um, I'm the one. The, the, the demon said to Gary, I'm the one who sexually assaulted her years ago. And so what happened in this conversation, what, what came to light was this woman had been sexually assaulted by a man years ago. And she knew that. But what she did not know was that in that encounter, a demon transferred from the and so, oh, whoa, whoa. obviously, like, um, Gary and some other people were praying over her, and, you know, she was free from that. Um, thank God, glory mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. But I say that to say, in the darker, more movie cinematic things that we see, because people go through that. That's, I say this because I know there are, there, it doesn't get talked about a lot, mm-hmm. but it, it happens. Um, in those situations, if you encounter that, you, one, have to go in, to the authority of Scripture, the authority of Jesus, through the crucifixion, through the blood, through the resurrection, you have to claim that because those demons, although there is a head demon, even though there's a, a power game going on, they don't stand a chance in the presence of Jesus. So go in under the authority of Scripture, through prayer, through Jesus, but confront it head on. Because once you, once you take the big guy out, the rest of the demons will flee out. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... My family never had. We, I'm, I feel like I never really had any conversations with anyone growing up, like specifically about spiritual warfare. I mean, I always knew that, like, who is our enemy? It is Satan, and like he is, you know, prowling around like a roaring lion, mm-hmm. ready to devour. And he is all. And we talked about this earlier. Like, Satan is your enemy. He is everyone's enemy in their own individual way. And I feel like that is something I learned growing up. But I feel like I never really had really any like conversations about spiritual warfare. I mean, I, I dealt with anxiety when I was in college, and I feel like that was kind of like a form of spiritual warfare, like twisting, you know, God 
trying to make me uncomfortable, I guess, and make me grow. And Satan was twisting that and making me like, oh, well, I actually am uncomfortable because I have anxiety and, you yeah. know, stunting my growth, I guess, kind of, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. But yeah. I feel like spiritual warfare was not a not a big topic that was I've mm-hmm. even really had conversations with people about. Yeah, I always heard, obviously, like, my lots of members of my family have been on several mission trips and stuff like that. And so you always hear about crazy demon stories and stuff like that in terms of mission trips Mm -hmm. and going into these villages and stuff I heard from my dad but I never really thought about it being that gradual road to hell like C.S. Lewis talks about the everyday subtle temptations that all of a sudden you wake up and you're like oh no how did I get here Mm -hmm. that that kind of spiritual warfare that sneaky and cunning and instead of having this like ambiguous view of the devil and like thinking it's only in, he's only in foreign countries mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. You have a more realistic view of him, but you also have a more realistic view of Jesus mm-hmm. and the power that is in you as a believer right now. Yeah. And I think it's important, just like, I mean, y'all mentioned earlier that the battle is already won. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so important to realize that, that you know, Jesus already has the victory on yeah, the cross. He has done that for us, yeah. which is yeah. very settling. One of the reasons that people who go on mission trips experience more demonic stuff, and I I mean, I believe that truly, is just because the the demonic stuff, not just spiritual warfare, um, is just because they open themselves up to so many avenues. Like There's so much satanic worship that goes on in Haiti um, and other countries. When you, when you, and also though I would say, like a lot of times in Haiti when we go down there, we're with missionaries. And so there's, uh, it's it's an opportunity where the gospel is trying to break ground. So like if you go through the the um, book of Acts, there's a lot of things that go on in Acts, um, but there's some crazy stuff that goes on. We, we we would probably say spiritual warfare, demonic stuff. But if you pay attention whenever that happens, it's because the gospel is being proclaimed and taken either to a new city, a new country, or a new mm. people group. Mm-hmm. So anytime the gospel is breaking ground geographically or linguistically or whatever culturally Satan is getting ticked mm-hmm. because you're taking his ground and he doesn't like that so he's acting out in some really crazy ways to try to scare people off right like if you're just a good old missionary just like no let's take the gospel to the nations let's go honey like let's just sell all our possessions and go and you just like are going down the street and all of a sudden this snake starts talking to you and you know crazy stuff's happening you're like I'm not going there I don't want to go there yeah. and Satan's oh like, man yeah, that's good I never thought that's about awesome. that that's awesome so I mean, we've even, we even experienced that exact thing today, not snakes talking to us, but <laughs> you knew that you were coming to do this podcast on spiritual warfare tonight, and we had a crappy day. Like, mm-hmm. all we did was fight. I literally all said I, did, I was like, I really don't want to go do this right now. Not, like, not, not today. <laughs> Thanks. Not no. today. Yeah. No, I was like, no. just because, like, I was excited to do it, but, like, but today two hours ago, so I was ready hard. to go because like, it's been the worst day ever. We've been, it's been an emotional day. We've fought all day. Our youngest hasn't napped much. And, like, even though those are very small things compared to what people have suffered, Satan was trying to stop us from doing this, rescheduling, canceling, not showing up. You know, just, like, that's what he was wanting to do. All of the Hunger Games, okay? <laughs> Well, so, they're, they're all over there. Yes, yes that's true. <laughs> I've like, read all of them. <laughs> it's like my favorite book series. It always will be. I think I'm secretly Katniss. But anyways, um, <laughs> in the book, Haymitch says to her, um, before she goes into the games, 
Katniss remember who the real enemy is. And so even in my own life, in small ways, I've experienced like spiritual warfare when God is moving, when God is really about to move, really about to make a breakthrough. I think we do need to remember too that like a lot of people picture the devil as this like red individual with like horns and a tail. But like when the Bible says like he disguises himself as an angel of light and like he's very like charismatic and, you know, doesn't, is not what people actually think that he is. No, and yeah. so he's different for all of us. You talked about remem- always remembering who the real enemy is. Mm-hmm. Um, I came home from lunch maybe Tuesday, and we had a really good conversation because there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on um, in our life this last year, um, just through a lot of different relationships and stuff. It's just been hard. And there's been a lot of distrust, um, hurt feelings. Like It's just been a bad year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have come testing the faith testing mm-hmm. the faith for sure um, but I've come to view and this is bad but like I've come to view some people that I love dearly like as enemies um, and I found myself I was telling my best friend this the other day I was like man like I'm, I know this is wrong but like I'm viewing that brother or sister in Christ as an enemy hey, I'm just confessing my sin <laughs> but I was reading through this book Spiritual Warfare that I hope everybody's already bought it's really easy on Amazon. Uh, you should press buy it now when it yeah. comes to your house. <laughs> but I was reading through a sign about the uh, or uh, the section about where um, how Satan attacks, attacks the church and talked about unforgiveness. One of the schemes of Satan is through unforgiveness, mm. and it was talking about um, it talked about Second Corinthians chapter two verses five through eleven, and it's it's talking about forgiving the sinner. Um, but Paul says, now if anyone has caused pain, um, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote that I might test you to know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for the sake of in the presence, for your sake in the presence of Christ. And here's the kicker. So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his design. So literally, right there, Paul's talking about one of one of the easiest schemes of Satan is unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I say this because I came home on Tuesday. I was like, look, like I was completely humble because I have to go have some hard conversations with some people this week. Literally tomorrow, I've got to go have a conversation with someone, and I've got to go like, look, I'm I'm harboring some real unforgiveness towards you right now, and we've got to work that out. Because if I allow unforgiveness to manifest in my in my heart, if you go like in, I'm not going to read it right now, but go read John chapter 17, and literally Jesus throughout the whole thing talks about unity that we would all be one as He is in the Father and the Father is us. So here's, and it talks about so that the gospel, so the kingdom will flourish, so that God will be glorified. So here's the thing: if you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, you are you are putting, you are damning up the power of the gospel to flourish in your mm-hmm. community, in your heart, in your families, at your jobs. And so, like, we can talk about the demonic stuff, and we can get there, but it's also, like, the first thing is, like, hey, who are you struggling with unforgiving right now? Yeah. Because if you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart, Satan is winning your heart right now. Satan is kicking your heart, not Jesus. Yes. Because it's so, and we, one of the conversations we had is, it's so much, one of the reasons that I've struggled with unforgiveness is because, I'm right, and the other person's wrong. <laughs> um, there's a lot of pride there. Um, but that's what we think. Well, I'm right, they're wrong. They need to come apologize to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's so much, forgiveness is so hard. 
because we have to be willing to say I was wrong. Even if we think we're right, even if we know we're right, Jesus doesn't, and Paul doesn't say like, if you're right or if you were wrong, then you have to go forgive someone. No, whether you're right or wrong in a situation, whether you hurt them or they hurt you, you have to go pursue reconciliation through forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole nother thing of like, we talk about spiritual warfare. Yes, that is one way that Satan plays all of us is through causing us to, because of hurt feelings or whatever, like we're just not going to go talk to that person as much. You know what I'm saying? Like, or we're going, wow. out, we're going out on the weekend, but we're not going to invite that person because they hurt my feelings. But like unforgiveness plays all of us. Mm-hmm. And so like in that, I would say like, hey, is Jesus king of your heart or Satan? Mm-hmm. And so if Jesus is king of your heart, you have to be willing to do the hard work. And mm-hmm. forgiveness is so hard. For some of the people that I have to talk to, it's five, six years worth of hurt built up. And that's like a long time for seeing to do work. So mm-hmm. um, that's one way. I feel like that's such a good example of that idea of know who the real enemy is. Yeah. Republicans or Democrats, like all we're making all these people the enemies, you know, mm-hmm. especially, you know, right now mm-hmm. what we're living in. Um, and we're forgetting the root yeah. of mm-hmm. like who's the real enemy here. And yeah. I just feel like when it, we're talking about spiritual warfare, bringing that to to the center and being like remembering. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can't resist from something that you don't know who it is that you don't acknowledge yeah. mm-hmm. so once we acknowledge the devil we were able to resist yeah. him. either trumps the enemy binds the enemy in revelation john makes a point he talks about you know whether it is egypt whether it is babylon whether it's now rome and you're being persecuted egypt wasn't the enemy egypt was a vessel of satan babylon was a scheme of satan rome is a scheme of satan you have to like yes they are vessels and they're being used but they're being used by the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was a perfect example. Like, Republicans and Democrats are just at each other's throat. And it's like, look, Satan's loving that. Yep. Yeah. Like, it's not like Joe Biden's loving that or Trump's loving that. Like, the liberals, the radical uh, conservatives <laughs> have to keep the fact of, one, there is an enemy. In my marriage, I can get mad and I can quickly say, Logan is against me or Logan is my enemy. It's like, no, she's showing her own sin and Satan is tempting her. And, like, I have to keep even even in marriage, you know, mm-hmm. your spouse isn't your enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they are under attack. Like Satan, one of the things that um, I've learned is the, the Satan usually attacks you in your most common and like normal intimate relationships. So it's going to be your family, it's going to be your church, it's going to be your kids, um, your friends. Like that is the closest relate because they do the most damage to us. Mm-hmm. They're mo- we're the most emotionally invested and stuff like that. And so, Especially the family because that is, I mean, God's design is for us to be in community with each other and to multiply and all these things. And I think Satan loves to mess with the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just see it everywhere. Families are broken everywhere. Wives are crazy. Husbands are crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just... Mm-hmm. The two ways that God has designed for his glory, obviously, to be known, but also, like, for the world to understand who he is and understand his grace and his love was, one, through the family, Mm -hmm. but then through the church. Those are the two institutes that God has ordained to be just a a vessel, an image bearer of who he is. So Satan's trying to take that out. He's trying to take the family out. He's trying to take the church out. Um, So you you have to be aware. And because there's nothing more dangerous for him than a family who is connected and who mm-hmm. is seeking the Lord and living by the spirit, like that's the most dangerous mm-hmm. thing for him because he mm-hmm. can't touch them. Yeah. And so that he's going to, he's going to hone in on a marriage. He's going to hone in on kids relationships. Mm-hmm. He's going to hone in on all of it. And 
again, that's how you have to protect yourself with God's Word. Satan's going to do what he can through the church and through the family to just take us out. So, if you all, we all battle our own spiritual warfare, but what do you think? Do you have, like, one piece of advice or something specific, like, that someone would be like, okay, I need to take a first step today to try to get out of this? Like, what would you say to that person? Two things. Well, mm-hmm. it, it, it's one thing. Um, but it's from the same person, the same book. So, John Cashin, <laughs> John Cashin is just, like, a church father who wrote a bunch of books, like, 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always um, told people, um, you are right where Satan wants you if you're isolated or if you're insulated. And he said those two things always go hand in hand. Insulated mean you've you've cut yourself off from the Holy Spirit. And insulated or sorry, insulated yourself mean you cut yourself off from the Holy Spirit. And isolated yourself mean you cut yourself off from the body of Christ. And he said usually those two things go hand in hand. So what I would tell someone is tell someone who is in the midst of spiritual warfare, they're dealing with stuff, hey, surround yourself with the body the body of believers. Like surround yourself like I could sit here and talk for like hours about all the crap that I did when I was in high school. Like, got mm-hmm. myself into a whole bunch of just stuff. And what was a saving grace in my life was when I went to Calvary and I got surrounded by a college ministry. Like, and the funny thing is, like, I didn't like those kids when I was in high school. And they became my best friends. And so, like, for me, like, you know, I, I struggled with a bunch of addiction, drug abuse, and stuff like that. I didn't really, like, go to rehab. Like, I went to church. And I literally shared life and did life every single day with like eight people. So like I surround myself with the body of believers, but also like spiritual attunement, spiritual. Are you keeping in step daily, minute by minute with the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Because he's the, that's the power inside of you is the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the Holy, and that's like, it's Jesus spirit. We got to keep that in mind. That's where the resurrection, like the resurrection life comes through us because Jesus resurrected from the grave. He said his spirit to live in us. So, like, we are always being resurrected and renewed in the Holy Spirit. So, <laughs> go to church. Um, that's awkward. I know it's hard for a lot of people, but go, go to church. Find out, even if it's just one believer, one person who's rooted in the truth and knows Jesus, text them. Say, hey, I, can I just, like, call you and text you anytime I need you? Or say, hey, pray for me right now because of this. Go to church and get in the Word. And that sounds such like a just... Christianese. Back, yeah, Christianese. <laughs> it's like sometimes it's the truth. truth is truth. Yeah. So if you need help on those things, reach out to someone who can help yeah. you. Yeah. And listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, that's the first thing. Listen to this podcast. Podcast. What would you think, Logan? <laughs> um. Well, I think that one of the biggest things we're all struggling with that's just going to perpetuate spiritual warfare. I'm going to answer it that way. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, is that we are so obsessed with our feelings, how we feel. Oh, and my God. <laughs> you just, they're all good. They're in their feelings now. <laughs> Do you know how many yeah. times a week we talk about this? We talk about this all the time. Well, yeah, I just, I think we're, we're in such an introspective generation we're obsessed with the enneagram we're obsessed with all of these you used to get on to me all the time no there there is a balance you can learn about the enneagram and learn more about yourself so that you're aware of your sin aware of your weak spots and then you can work with that but but there's a line Mm -hmm. and we have become so obsessed with 
how I feel, what my truth is, what I'm experiencing. And I think Satan is keeping us in bondage to our sin and to spiritual warfare and to just the, just the world by keeping us focused on ourselves. So my biggest piece of advice is yes, go to church, find community. Um, but probably even before that is to literally make it a commitment that every single day you're going to show up in the word. Like mm. it's not, it's like not a game. I think that at some point Christians, especially in America have got to realize that this is not a game. It is life or death. Mm. Literally. It's not, it's, and it's not life or death for people who are not believers. It's life or death for the believer. Like we are living in such a time where Christians are miserable. They're anxious. They're depressed. They don't have any hope. They feel like if this election goes one way, then all hell's going to break loose. Like we're just so anxious and worried and so self-centered and so focused on our feelings that we're missing God. We're missing what he's doing. And Satan wants us there. And like God promises an abundant life right now. And that's, that is the biggest thing that we have to cling to. So every day you have to fight for joy in the Lord and truth. You have to every day. It's not an option. You have to get up. If it's before your kids, if it's late at night, if it's on your phone, it doesn't matter. You have to get up and get in the word and fight for it because God has done what he can do. He has gone as far as possible. And now we have to choose the right things to stay in connection with him. And it's not, it's not about legalism. It's not about workspace righteousness. It's not about earning your salvation. It's literally about being in step with the spirit. And you're not going to do that just when you feel like it, because you're never going to feel like it. There's always going to be a better show on Netflix. There's always going to be more people to follow on Instagram. There. There's always going to be something. You just have to, if you make, even if you just set yourself a goal of five days, like five days, I'm going to get up and spend 15 minutes with God every morning and just do it and commit to it. And then believe that God is going to show up even when you don't feel like being there in the word. That's the biggest way you're going to fight spiritual warfare. Biggest mm -hmm. way. It's good. We and it's simple. It's not hard. Yeah. But we make it so hard. We're like, I do this all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get in the word. I know I need to get in the word, but I'm tired or I, I'll do it later or whatever. And it's like, no, God does not need your pretty Bible. He doesn't need your coffee. He doesn't need your cute chair. And he doesn't picture. need you to take pictures of it. No, he needs you to show up like mm -hmm. 15 minutes at your kitchen counter, begging him to show himself to you. And he will. That's all he needs. I heard something once that's really helped me when it comes to reading the Bible. Which, sadly enough, sometimes it takes us being like, oh, I have to do this, mm -hmm. which is sad, but sometimes it does. But I heard one time that maybe inspiration doesn't inspire action, but action inspires inspiration. Yes. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. So we can't wait until we're inspired to read the Word. Yes. Like, we just, and then act on it. We have to act on it, and through the action, yes. we'll be inspired. And Devotion to the Lord literally comes as you do it. It's mm -hmm. not... One day I'm going to feel like this awesome Christian and be really, really pumped for God. And then I'm going to start reading the word. It's like, no, you have to train your mind, train your heart every single day. And that is how you fight 
same. Um, we tell our small group that all the time. Just like I think one of the first weeks we had small, we lead senior girls. One of the first weeks we had small group, we said, "Raise your hand if you get up and read the Bible every morning." And not one person raised yeah. their hand. Mm-hmm. And what we said last night to our group was, "We cannot like as much as we want to make you get up and read your Bible, we can't. That is an individual choice that you have to make yourself, and it requires work, which is yeah. what you said. You have to train your thoughts. You have to train your mind. You have to." train yourself to read like to just get up and read the bible that's like a habit that yeah it is definitely discipline and unfortunately we a lot of us are lazy and we don't want to put in the work and then we whine and complain when all these spiritual warfare instances come into our lives but we're not rooted and grounded in truth and so we have a harder time fighting them all and the thing is like there's always grace like god is always gracious and he's never looking down saying like you should have been in the Word today. Shame on you. I think that that's a huge reason why we don't even get in the Word is because we already feel guilt and shame mm-hmm. over not doing something the way we envision that it should. And I feel like more of us need to be saying it doesn't have to be pretty. And it doesn't have to be for two hours. Like, it can literally be 15 minutes, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that it's not this in-depth study or whatever, you know, yeah. and that God will bring you through that and get you to a different place eventually. So, and you have to recognize that shame and guilt, like that's not, that's, a, that's, that's an attack of the enemy. That's right. not, that is not your good father luring you to, to you. That right. is like, if you're like, oh man, I didn't get in the word and you feel like guilt and shame over that. That's like, a trigger that's not, for you that's to not, be not, like, that's Satan. Father. Okay. So that that's an attack. That's spiritual yes. warfare. Yes. yes. And it's like, if you feel guilt and shame for not getting in the word, like, you're just that you're going to perpetuate that cycle. Yeah. So you have to, you have to acknowledge, man, I didn't get in the word today and feel guilt and shame over that. Like bad Christian, like that's not from the Lord. That's from the Satan, from the enemy. That's from Satan. Acknowledge that, rebuke that in mm-hmm. truth, and then get in the word. Like you don't know how to rebuke Satan. You don't know how to speak truth to me. You don't know. So just get in the word. Like stop complaining. Get in the word. And that was a trust. Lisa, that's what's best for you. Lisa Turker said um, once, and I read this in college somewhere. In one of her books and it said feelings are indicators not dictators mm. and so when you have that thought of like oh I need to get in the word but I don't feel like it it's a great indicator for you to say I don't feel like it but I should get in the word so I'm going to it's not a dictator saying okay I don't feel like it so you don't have to do it it's like no that's indicating me to do the opposite mm-hmm. and that's always been like our feelings are great triggers for us of what we actually need and it's usually the opposite of what we feel, you know. So, Man, I, yeah. like I wish I had a really good quote. <laughs> when y'all edit this, go back and put a quote. You cool read quote in. Just, take out the part, just take out the part that said, I read this in a book and just cut it. To yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. Like Spencer like, said? <laughs> Spencer <laughs> said. That's <laughs> um, Thank you guys so much. Yes. Oh, wow. This, I like it's. It's the podcast like this that I'm like, it doesn't even feel like it's been an hour Mm-mm, because no. I've just been completely like immersed yeah, in, in the discussion. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Yeah. Thank, you, Thank you guys for on a whim just being like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, that's Super awesome. Fun. We really appreciate it. We love to talk, so. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> hey, I, th- I think they might be uh, a new person we come to for when we need guests because I really yeah. like the vibe we had going on. Yeah, same. Um, hopefully our listeners are learning things and questions are stirring. And if you have questions, please reach out to us. We'd love to help answer them. Um, but as always, thank you for joining us. Sundays, Sundays at 7. seven.